One, two, three, let's go. You're listening to WJMS Media, where media is reimagined. You can find us on our Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. All right, why don't we just roll right into it then? We got Diana Rashardi of Return to Saturn here with us. Um, why don't you just start by introducing yourself, uh, giving a little bit of background and uh, maybe some info on your credentials and whatnot. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me, Timmy. My name is Diana. I am actually Timmy's cousin. I am a master NLP practitioner, which is neuro-linguistic programming, which helps reprogram the subconscious mind with language patterns, hypnosis, lots of fun stuff. I am a breathwork facilitator, a published author of the Return to Saturn workbook, and I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you so much for joining me. So um, I feel like we'll just start with like some background stuff. So why don't you just tell us uh, how old you are, a little bit about where you grew up and where you're from. Sure. I am 32. I have yet to grow up and I'm from New York and I lately have been focused on my business in a new way, which has been way more exciting than the way that I have been doing it. Um, I'm still coaching and all of that, but I have moved into international retreats. So life has gotten a lot more exciting over the past few months. Um, I grew up not really knowing what I wanted to do. I was a funeral director and embalmer for a few years. I am a licensed cosmetologist. I feel like I've had like at least six lives and now I'm holding international retreats, which literally change people's lives and we have the most fun. So, um, yeah, I've, I'm committed to curating my life in to a way that I enjoy instead of what I started out as, which is like working the nine to five and, um, basically dreading waking up every day. And I'm basically just committed to happiness and helping other people find theirs too. That's awesome. So pretty much what we're here to talk about, I guess, is you transitioning from that life of, you know, like you said, the nine to five pace into what you really feel like you were meant to be doing. So can you talk about like what that like dread was like for you, you know, like when you're in, when you were in that nine to five routine? Yeah. Like what so- were some of the things that you were struggling with? Well, I was struggling with waking up. Um, I was struggling with the sheer thought of going in every day. And even though I did keep a positive mindset through it all every day, I knew it was a new day and we were going to tackle this in a new way. And I had a lot of responsibility. I was 19 years old and I was leading 60 car processions in a hearse and I was embalming bodies, taking care of people's loved ones. And that's just something that you can't screw up. So the stress was high as shit. And then, um, the people that I was working with, I just recognized this, 
I swear anything that I say right now is going to sound like a really terrible metaphor. I, I, I can't say lack of life. They were dead inside and then none of that, but yeah, you get the picture. They were, they were not, <laughs> I can't not make a dad joke, but they were, they were not <laughs> living. <laughs> I was looking at my coworkers in their forties and fifties. And I was saying, if I stay in this field, that's going to be me. And that is not what I want. They were, unhappy they were just and it had nothing to do with the actual job but everything to do with the fact that they were working 70 hours a week and or more and the pay was not comparable to the amount of work that you were doing so I just recognized the life draining from everybody very quickly and from myself as well and I couldn't I couldn't let that happen. I was only, I wasn't even 20. I was just about turning 20 and I was like, no way am I going to continue on this path. So I bartended for a long time just to get by and make some money. (coughs) And in addition to that, went to school for cosmetology. And it again, wasn't what I really wanted to do, but it made sense because I was good at it. And, you know, my whole family was like, this is what you should do. Like, you're, you're really good at it. They, they, they loved, you know, the, the artist part of it, I guess. And I, and I loved it too, but that's it. Once I graduated school and started doing it, I was like, wow, okay, this isn't really what I want to do either. <laughs> so I took what I could from that and actually started my own lash business and did eyelash extensions, which carried me through starting this business, Return to Saturn. So I'm very grateful for it. So, you know, looking back, even though all of that stuff wasn't what I wanted to do, it got me where I needed to be. And by the time I knew what I wanted to do, I had at least a little bit of a support system to carry myself into coaching and uh, investing in myself and, you know, classes and all of that. And now I get to help people live their best lives as I do the same. I mean, I'm sitting here on a, what is it? A Friday at two 30 talking to my cousin in, you know, in uh, we call it the entrepreneur mullet, half pajamas on the bottom. And that's <laughs> the life that I have curated and I get, to, I'm leaving for the Dominican Republic in nine days to host a mega retreat that I'm just so excited about. And, um, yeah, we're going to change some lives in the Caribbean. That's all awesome. So I want to know more about like where this, where it all came from. Like you, you were experiencing, you know, just like lack of enthusiasm in life in Mm -hmm. general, it seems like early on as I feel like most like, you know, late teen, early twenties people do, you know, that's definitely something that I went through and pretty much basically everybody I know about to be 23 this year so you know that those all seem like natural like things to go through so I'm curious how it branched from like healing yourself to wanting to use it like to help other people Mm. you know because it seems like that maybe wasn't originally your goal right and I think a lot of people I think a lot of people think that unhappiness in your teens and 20s is normal and we just accept that like, okay, we had to pick a college career. We had to pick this really early on. And a lot of us feel stuck in it. And I, I, the biggest piece of advice is to just listen to your heart. It sounds so, so like typical, but 
your heart will not steer you wrong. And if it's telling you to get out of a situation or a job, figure out a way to do that. And, um, it might not be the easiest route, but you will figure it out. And there was a point where I had my whole life was basically healing myself because I was dealing with autoimmune issues. I was dealing with gut issues, so many things that were causing me to not be able to live life. And it became the only thing that was important. And when I finally regulated myself, I was like, wow, if I can, if I can do this for myself, I can help anybody do this because I was in my eyes, I was as far gone as they come when it came to eating habits, mental health. I mean, I was a mess. So when I found even just the most small shred of happiness that I could grab onto, I wanted to bring that to everybody else who was struggling. And I can only do that if I feel good because I've, you know, I have my bad days. I have my bad weeks or months sometimes with my physical, you know, um, not, not everything's a hundred percent, but I, know that where I'm at now supports me in a way where I will get through it and I will be able to show up for people, um, in a certain way. And that's really, that was, that's the goal. So I'm very grateful for that. And, um, I just keep on finding new things that support my body and my mind. And luckily I am finding myself in a community down, um, in Austin right now that is very, progressive with their healing. Um, so there's lots of things to experience and lots of things to bring to others that I'm excited about. So you mentioned, um, you mentioned the autoimmune disease aspect to it. Um, can you like explain what that is and kind of how you were dealing with that before? And well, I wasn't dealing with it before. I was just suffering. I was just in constant pain 24-7 um, in the hospital all the time without being able to walk. No one knew what it was. And then it wasn't until I was literally like 28 um, that a doctor looked into it further and just stopped calling me crazy and actually looked into it and did a skin biopsy and found small fiber neuropathy, which what does that really give me having a title? Not much because doctors don't know shit about it, but at least it gave me the direction of like, this is an autoimmune disease. So I know that autoimmune diseases form and, and exacerbate in the gut. So when you heal the gut, that should heal a lot of autoimmune diseases. So when I um, switched my diet, it was everything. I mean, a new world opened up when I stopped eating meat and dairy and it dropped my pain almost down to like a 10% at one point. And I'm still navigating um, the perfect, you know, balance of physical activity, food, um, all of that. You know, I, I don't think it'll be a lifelong battle, but it's certainly something I'm still exploring. But my life capacity, like my, my quality of life has increased from probably like 20% back then to like 85% which is everything to me right now, you know? Definitely. So can you explain a little more about like the type of pain that you were going through? You know, like what, like what was happening to you? What, what, what was it like? Um, so it you probably heard me say this before because <laughs> you know me, but it felt like someone was inside of my 
legs or my hip flexors or my joints, like twirling my tendons around, like, like spaghetti on a fork, like just twirling them around and they wouldn't stop. And, um, it was intense and it was all day. But then when I would get sick, it would be so unbearable that I would go to the hospital and not be able to walk and they wouldn't be able to find anything. Um, and the positive gene that I inherited from my father's side, which causes the autoimmune issues, um, is also not very well known. So there's not many, not much to go off of. And so that's why I just started to do all of my own research and I took matters into my own hands because doctors will just throw pills at you like antidepressants, pain pills. And I just did not want to live my life like that. So what I, I find helps is a tropical climate, which is why I'm building a business there. So I could spend as much time there as possible. Um, and good food. So I'd say that a lot of my energy goes into good food and travel and it, it's not, and maybe I needed it as an excuse, like, Oh, well, you know, I need this, the, the travel thing. It's just, I got to plot myself on a beach as much as possible, but <laughs> you know what? Doctor's that, orders. Doctor's orders. It feels good. And I, and I'm making it happen. So, you know, <laughs> definitely. So, um, how was the autoimmune prior to like the doctors giving like a name to the gene and all that you said, like, how did that, how was that working in conjunction with like the poor mental health and like the other issues that you were experiencing like throughout life? I feel like it's important. I really want to like drive home like the importance of the significance rather like of what you were going through so that like the change, you know, yeah, seems so, more profound. Yeah, it was. So every day, <laughs> we 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 laugh about the SpongeBob episode. It was like I was born with glass bones and paper skin. Every day I wake up and break my arms, and every night I break my legs. <laughs> it felt it felt like a death sentence it felt like I was born with a broken body or like born as a 90 year old. It was, um, I couldn't like do sit-ups because I couldn't strain my neck like that. I couldn't go to the gym because, you know, I, I just couldn't do normal things and it killed me. Not that, I, not that like I, you know, and I, I always liked hiking and stuff. So I could like walk and hike and stuff, but not for hours and hours like I can now. So like it was cut short, everything was cut short. And I felt like I wasn't even living half a life. I was just surviving and suffering through pain all the fucking time. Sorry, can I curse? <laughs> and I was just suffering through pain all the time. And I, I didn't, I, there was no way out for me. And after I got a glimpse of what pain-free could be, which was in 2018, I had just changed my diet to all plant-based. I had, you know, really committed to just clean eating. And I started to drop fear in a lot of different aspects of life. So once my pain was gone, there was nothing to be afraid of. So I started like, jumping off of cliffs and like doing like little bungee jumps and like stuff that I would have never done in the past because I was just, I held on to a lot of fear of like what's going to happen on the other side. 
And now that there was no pain on the other side, there was literally nothing to fear. So I got over a lot of fear in that year just by being pain-free. Um, since then, the pain crept back last year pretty bad. And I desperately reached out to a friend that I knew had gone through a lot of autoimmune issues and kind of healed herself. So I said, Cole, I can't afford your services, but I, can you point me in the direction of a book or something, anything like I was just looking to grab onto anything again, because it, I couldn't believe that it had come back. So she said, I can help you, but you have to move to Austin where, where I am. And I was like, no way I'm not moving to Austin. Like that's not in the plan. Like, no, I'm from New York. I stay in New York. And it was like still the middle of the pandemic. I was like, that would be crazy. Um, and I, within 30 minutes of hanging up, I was just like, well, would it be crazy? I'm like, I could just drive down there and like, hang out there for six weeks. I had a friend that was like, just come live with me. I have a huge house. I don't need this whole house. Like come live with me. And I was like, no way. Like I'm, I'm just not. But then 30 minutes later, I was like, all right, so how much can I fit in my Jeep? And I <laughs> drove down within three weeks and I've been here ever since for almost a year and a half now. And it feels, it feels like even on the days that I do have pain, I feel so supported here that there's, there's some sort of a solution and I'm learning that the solutions are not so much physical, but emotional. And when you are placed in a spot that supports you emotionally, even just a little bit better, I'm not saying that Austin is my end all be all. I belong in the Caribbean. I can't wait to live on the islands, but right now the way that it's supporting me is, is exactly what I need. And I think that it's really important when we're feeling physical ailments and physical things, even if it's so bad that you can't walk or can't, you know, do normal things, there is such a huge chance that it there's emotional ties to it. Because even though I was born with this gene and have this quote unquote disease, it's, it's, it's like the same, the same way as like, we we're all born with cancer cells in our body. Everybody has cancer cells in their body. The thing that we don't want to happen, we don't want them to get turned on. We don't want anything to flip the switch to where it becomes uh, a problem in our, in our body. So once that flip is that switch is flipped, it becomes an actual problem. So it's something along the lines, even though that autoimmune disease was in the body, something flipped the switch. So was it something physical? Was it some sort of trauma? Was it something emotional? I don't know, but there was something, which means that you can turn the switch off. You can, if a switch has been turned on, you can always turn it off. So that's, um, what keeps me going and what I'm really excited about. Um, you know, there's so many things out there now that people are trying with like biohacking and and plant medicine and, um, you know, trauma releases and just so much stuff going on that that's really cool to visit. Definitely. So, um, what it felt, it felt like for me, at least like observing this whole process, like up until this point, it seems like things really started to change once you did the whole like diet change and Mm -hmm. you so like, can you, can you say a little bit more about that? Like what led you to being like, okay, this is what I have to do. And then like, what about that process led you into like 
starting a whole business because it felt like you you changed like your whole life with your diet Mm -hmm. and then somewhere along the way in there the idea for the return to Saturn like came from that it seemed yeah so when I changed my it got to the point where I was like okay something drastic needs to happen and it can't be something that I've done before because I've tried so many things before you had tried doctors, you like, you tried medicines, all that I mean, stuff. I even, I eat, oh yeah, pills. Um, I mean, even IV morphine wasn't taking away the pain and it was, it was wild. Um, so I knew that I couldn't live my life on pain pills because I would be popping them every hour if I wanted the, a little relief, you know? So after even accepting that maybe I was crazy, maybe the, these doctors are right and I need a psychiatrist. So I saw a psychiatrist and I was like, maybe I just think I'm in pain and it's not really there. Like <laughs> I was looking at every angle. And like I said, then when, when I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and I put together, um, I think I saw, I, I watched like all the documentaries, you know, and, and took pieces from that and just, um, learned a little bit here and there about what, what autoimmune really means and how it forms in the gut. And I was like, you know what the diet, I was always like an emotional eater. Like I could just binge eat the most delicious things for hours and be in my glory. And, and there's a lot of emotions tied to that. So by cutting off, and actually I have something else really funny to say about that too, but cutting off the bad foods was a challenge it was, it, it challenged me mentally. It was like, the, it felt like the first thing that I really stuck to like in my life and really s- saw it through enough that a change was made. And, um, what's, what's funny is that I actually had COVID like two weeks ago and it didn't take away my smell. It didn't take away my taste except for the sweet taste buds for the past two weeks. I have not been able to taste sweet but I can taste everything else perfectly and I can smell everything, but like the sweet taste buds have been taken away. And it's like the last of the diet that has been a challenge for me to drop sugar because man, that's like crack (laughs) and sugar is terrible for you. So it's wild what the body, like what it can do and what it can, how it can speak to you. But I'm very clear now that, um, I, I will be giving up sugar as well. That's, that's, it's happened because, you know, there's literally no point in eating it. And if I can't taste it and I'm just going to accept that it's not a part of my diet anymore, at least not right now and see what happens because, um, nothing is forever. Um, and you asked, you asked one other thing. Um, (laughs) so at this point you've changed your diet. Hmm. or you, you like you're you've started the journey of changing your diet you have your branch into entrepreneurship really was cosmetology school and then doing the lashes right right so, so I, always, yeah, I, I never wanted a nine to five again I was never gonna let that happen even if I had to be behind the bar or dance on it. I was not going to go back to a nine to five, <laughs> and, but when I, um, got into the, so I was already into entrepreneurship and all I wanted to do was bring once I, once my pain diminished three weeks after I changed my diet, I was like, Oh my God, there's wow. so much 
Yeah. Three weeks. There's so much more to life that I haven't known. And just in that time, this like within the same month, I went to, to get my NLP practitioner, um, certification. I went to like, I just started opening my mind up to all of these new possibilities that life didn't have to suck so much and that I could maybe possibly create a life for myself that wasn't so terrible. And that was the, um, the spark of like, wait, I can help people also get over this hump because, you know, all I knew was like a lot of, I grew up around a lot of negativity and I saw a lot of people being negative and, you know, I didn't know that there was another way to live or think until I started thinking a little differently. And I was like, holy shit, things could be different. And I just needed to bring it to everyone. And every step was, was a learning process because, you know, I came out with a course to help people transition to a vegan diet. And then I was like, I don't want to do that. That's not what I'm passionate about. Even though that changed my life, that's, I don't want to help people become vegan. That's not what I want to do. So I scratched that. And then there was, um, there, there's been so many stepping stones to getting me to the point where I just had to, again, break down, strip everything down and say, what do I really want to do? And I was like, I don't want, like, let's, I don't want to work more than, you know, like we have to, I don't want to work eight hours a day. I, it's funny. We say that and then we become entrepreneurs and we work 24 hours a day, but like being behind a computer, um, for all that, it just didn't feel right. And I, I was like, I don't, I don't want to be coaching people online anymore, constantly just sitting behind the computer. I don't want to, I don't want to do a podcast. So like, screw it, drop it all. What do you want to do? I was like, I just want to travel. I just want to travel and help people. Well, what does that look like? That sounds like a retreat. I guess I better get going. And you know, if this is what I really want this badly, start doing the retreats and, you know, to, to be nervous, to go from being nervous, to take people, um, on like a conference call, because that wasn't really what I wanted to do to being a hundred percent confident to taking 15 people out, out of the country and driving them around and curating this experience, um, to being confident in that just showed me, it's not that I'm incapable of running a business, being independent, all of these things that I was worried about. It's just that I've been doing things that have not been aligned with my true passion, my heart. And once I got really honest with that, it was so easy. And, you know, I struggled. I used to struggle to sign on one person for a group coaching program because it's not what I wanted to do. And yet 127 people filled out the form to apply to my last retreat. They all wanted to be in my energy, just not over Zoom. In, in the way that I am in my power, which is in the Caribbean, dancing on the beach and helping people heal while, while their nervous system is completely supported. Absolutely. So it all started, the, the return to Saturn as a brand all started with a go vegan course. And then it just kind of like spiraled into one thing after the next until you landed here with the retreats. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It started, it started, the vegan course was also part of a bigger three month coaching program that I also took some people through. And again, it was great. I enjoy, I love coaching people. Um, but I love coaching them more in, on the beach in the Caribbean. (laughs) 
So is that like what the MPL thing is? Like what what exactly like is that and how is it? NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. Neuro is refers to the brain, linguistic language and programming refers to the reprogramming of the neuroplasticity of the brain. So when we start thinking, acting, feeling differently, we actually form new neural pathways in our brain, which helps us act completely differently than our, um, like our program over time. So triggers become less, um, we begin to attract new things into our lives because our frequency is literally different. We can reprogram ourselves. And the way that we start to do that first is with language. That's the way that we speak to ourselves in our head and out of our head. Um, I know that our family is like sarcasm 101. And I realized how detrimental that is to our own mental health to even be talking about ourselves in a negative way, jokingly, because the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between joking and serious. And the good thing about that is, is that you can program your brain to believe something that's not true yet, but that you want, and then it aligns with it. And then it becomes your reality. Not that so, we yeah. So why is that like significant to somebody who might be going through some of the things that you had been going through in your early twenties? Like, you know, just daily life depression or, you know, like what, what have you, like, why is that like connection between language and the neural pathways that you can build in your brain, like so significant enough that you should really be paying attention to the way that you, the way that you speak more than you might think. Yeah. Well, that's where, that's where mental health starts. That's where all of your mental health starts is inside of your brain. So the way that we all have, well, some people have an internal dialogue. Some people see life and pictures in their head, but however we're speaking to ourselves is creating our external reality. And you may have heard the, the, you know, the phrase, you create your own reality when really, actually, I believe that reality is already happening. Reality is actually happening to us and we can't control a lot of it because it exists out there. What we can control is the vibration that we're putting out into the universe and attracting either the low vibration stuff or the high vibration stuff. So we're not necessarily creating something new. All of, all of what we desire already exists and all of what we don't desire already exists. So what vibration are you putting out to attract your reality? So it all starts in the brain, in your head. Um, you know, again, whether like I have an internal dialogue. So if I do something, if I drop something, you know, I might hear my mom's voice from back in the day going, oh, why'd you do that? You know, if that's how she reacted or if somebody's mom reacted and said, oh, that's okay. Like it's no big deal. Then that person might talk to themselves a little sweeter. Um, if, or if, you know, I remember having an internal dialogue as a kid that wasn't very nice to myself. And, you know, that can form in a lot of different ways, but I definitely struggled in speaking to myself nicely. But once I started just letting myself off the hook with the little things, like not calling myself stupid in my head, being like, it's okay, just letting things go. Like, is this going to matter in five years? No. And don't spend five minutes thinking about it. It's not a big deal. And just, um, you know, being nicer to myself is where it all started. And hyping myself up in my head, like, you got this, you can do this, like pep talks in, in your head is, is really where it starts. And, and I'm, I also, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in 
I'm not a love and light person. I'm not a spiritual bypassing person where it's like, oh, just say positive affirmations and everything will change. We have to break down the the structures of the um, beliefs that we've formed over the years, over the past 20, 30, 40, 50 years that we've been telling ourselves, we have to break those down before we can build up new beliefs. Otherwise, you know, we're just lying to ourselves. So that's also a big part of what I do is breaking down the, the false beliefs that we've created around our own lives and ourselves so we can build up a new structure that supports us as adults. Yeah, so that's definitely something that I also had, like, as a kid, like, you know, like, I would do something, or, like, I would drop something, like you said, and, like, for absolutely no reason at all, I would think in my head, like, fuck, or, like, you know, like, just, like, (laughs) get so, like, upset over the littlest thing, but, like, my person, like, wasn't upset, you know, but, like, that that little, like, voice was there, like, saying, like, oh, like, you know, and like sometimes I like audibly will let out like, like a scoff at like yeah. the most simple thing. Yeah. And then I'll get angry with myself because I'm like, oh, like it sounds just like, you know, my mom or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Number one is like the first step before even speaking to yourself nicely is recognizing that we do have patterns that don't come from us. We, we, learn things as a kid and until we until we intentionally do something different we're just going to repeat the same pattern so we can't get angry at ourselves for doing the same thing over and over again when we were only taught one thing like imagine imagine saying the opposite to yourself the, the next time that happens and just recognize how foreign it feels so how are you supposed to you know, get everything right, right away. Um, when you've been taught something different and doing something different for, you know, 23 years or however old the person is. So just like being nicer to yourself, recognizing like, Oh, why do I, I didn't have to, I didn't, I, I have like, maybe you let out a sigh and then you're like, Oh wait, but I'm not actually mad. Cool. Okay. And then you move on. (laughs) So, um, so you did the course and then you transitioned into like one-on-one or like, you know, what have you, like consultation style, like therapy, if you'd call it that, like, is that, would you call it that? Uh, well, not legally, cause I'm not a legal therapist. Um, but I am a certified life coach and breathwork facilitator and I've got a lot of certifications under my belt. I do play around with maybe going back to school one day and becoming a therapist because why not? Um, but what's interesting is that one of my friends who is a, um, a therapist, a licensed therapist, she looked at my NLP book and she was like, wow, so you have my entire master's program right in your lap right here. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's really interesting to hear that from. And I'm not saying that my, my skills are matched um, with a therapist. I'm sure that their, their education goes way beyond what I've done in my certifications. And there is a lot of structure to understand about the mind that I do have, that I love, that I love working with people and helping people with that. So um, similar to therapy, yes, but um, it's it's lies under the legality of life coaching. <laughs> 
So that's the book, uh, obviously, that you are the author of that you're talking about. Have you ever considered, um, maybe I'll let you explain, like, what the book is first. Cool. I, actually, the book I was talking about was my textbook from my course. But oh. the book that I wrote um, is very much based in NLP. So it, the way that it speaks to the mind is a little bit different than um, you're used to hearing questions. So I could actually. And it's like a workbook style, correct? Correct. It is a workbook. And the way that it speaks to the mind is might sound a little funny to some people. And it's because it's, it's by, it's supposed to bypass the conscious mind. So you're not supposed to think long and hard about these questions. You're just basically supposed to like let, um, let whatever trickle through from the subconscious come through and just write. And, um, it digs very deep into restructuring your limiting beliefs. Um, it has a lot of funny stories in there. It's got just a lot from, from start to finish. It's a 19 day, um, workbook, or you can do it at your own pace. However fast some people finish it in six days. Some people take three months. Um, so whatever feels good to you, but it really works in a way that the mind can get on board with. And it, it breaks it down so that you're following simple prompts, but restructuring your whole belief system and subconscious mind at the same time. What's the title? Return to Saturn. Available on Amazon. Amazon. Return to Saturn. Diana Richard. <laughs> so um, what were some of like the hurdles or maybe like, did you hit any dead ends? I'm sure it wasn't like a smooth ride from, you know, changing your diet all the way to this point. You know, like you said, the pain from the autoimmune disease started to creep back up. And I'm sure that had an effect on, you know, like mental health, you know, resurfacing and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious what some of the big struggles were, you know, in the development to this point. Yeah. Um, lots of, Lots of, um, it's funny cause like I, I tend to put, find that I put myself in positions that are very challenging. And then I realize like, oh, maybe I did that subconsciously to, to grow or something, but this sucks. But one of the, one of the biggest challenges has been my love for travel around, um, Latin America and also being vegan now. <laughs> and I mean, now, nowadays, Literally in the last couple of years, it's been a little easier to find vegan restaurants, but sometimes I found myself in the mountains or in, um, you know, areas where there are not, and I have dropped like 15 pounds <laughs> just from, from there being a very limited, um, like source of, you know, something without butter or something without, um, dairy or whatever. But, um, some of the biggest challenges have also been around my own mental health. And although I am in the best place that I've ever been and feel really good most days, I still struggle sometimes with um, depression and anxiety and actually less anxiety now, more, um, more so just recognizing those depressive patterns and behaviors and um, just holding myself in my emotions in a different way than I used to instead of you know, pushing them away and being angry that I'm sad again, really just sitting in that and learning how to feel 
through that and transmuting it into, you know, maybe not happiness, but some sort of peace, something more peaceful than, um, than that, like, you know, sadness that, that, um, continues to loop sometimes. And I know that a lot of people have been going through that and it's not enough just to say like, well, think your way out of it. Or, you know, you can't think your way out of sadness. Logic is no match for pain. So you can't, you can't think away or talk away the pain. The only way through it is to feel it, to truly feel it. And on the other side is that, you know, that goddess version of you, that king version of you, whatever you like envision that as, that is on the other side of the darkness. And sometimes you just have to sit through it and it's okay. And also recognizing when is time not to sit through it anymore. And when the time is to, you know, get up and get moving and, or maybe try something new and ask for help and all that fun stuff. Definitely. And regardless of like knowing you, uh, you know, prior to this, um, it's really like, you and this like process are one of the few things that I think are actually like legitimately like able to help people because like you said, a lot of times people will just be like, Oh, you know, you can think your way out of it. It's all in your head, you know, like, which is so the simplest way to say like snap out of it, you know, but essentially like what you offer is doing that. It just is not so cut and dry as saying, oh, well, you know, don't be sad or like, don't be this or that, you know, like just be positive. Like it's not that simple to somebody who's going through it, but in a way, like taking a step back and examining the, the way that you go about doing it. Yeah. It it feels like it is doing exactly that. Like almost so simplistically, but you know, obviously there's a ton of, personal work involved in it but I feel like when you hear someone say you know think your way out of it it's all mental like this that's this is what they mean you know right it's 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 much easier to quote-unquote think your way out of it when you have the right tools so like I like I always say like you know you you can go on a vacation and you can create memories and you can um you know, have a great time and anchor in that fun feeling, but you're going to come back and your same problems are going to be there in the same way that they were before you left. When you have the tools, when you're literally given the tools, um, and then you, you have your community, you, you have your mental tools to help you get through the things that you're going to go through at home because not everything is always going to be perfect all the time. Um, that's what, that's the game changer is the, the only way that you can quote unquote, think your way out of something is when you have the right tools to do so. Definitely. All right. So we're going to take a little break. We'll pause right here. Uh, for our listeners, we're going to be breaking up this journey into two parts and, uh, this will be the end of the first part. So in part two, uh, we're going to talk more with Diana about uh, overcoming more of her issues, um, her many businesses, and how everything's really come full circle for her. Thanks for listening to WJMS Media, where media is reimagined. You can find us on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. 
You can also check out our website at www.wjmsradio.com and subscribe to our newsletter so you can be up to date on everything. 